The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Trevor Flynn. I'm Ben Howarth. I'm Kel Freilich. And this is the Movie Game Podcast. This week we are talking about Knives Out. Knives Out. A classic whodunit style trailer for a neo-noir Knives Out that wants to be both Clue and a Trump parallel. Uh, Surprisingly... More people are enjoying this than I thought, but uh, are we all on the bandwagon? I guess we'll find out. But first, let me introduce our special guest and my boyfriend, Kel. Hi, I'm Kel. Kel has listened to our podcast Hi. for some reason. For some reason? <laughs> it's not no reason at all, just because my No, Jack's going to be mad at me for said this. We make a great <laughs> podcast. supportive. It's a good podcast. I love it. Thank you. It's very informative. That's what we need. We need to have more people who like our podcast on our podcast. Yeah. I like this trend. Let's do this more That's often. And I like movies. You've been getting me into movies. Yes, I have. A lot. Dragged you to things. <laughs> Kel has a good barrier there. There's sometimes I'll show him something and he's like, no. Yeah. Nah. This one I thought you were iffy on, but you actually decided I, to I, at first, didn't really want to see it, but then I was like, you know what? You know, it'd be fun time. With my boyfriend. It'll be fun. And it, it was pretty good. It was a little bit better than I thought it would be. But it still wasn't like something, I don't know, I would buy on DVD or anything. Mm. Or would want for Christmas. Well, let's start and get into this. Well, before yeah. we do, let's just explain what it is. Uh, this is the new film from Ryan Johnson, director of the uh, controversial <laughs> The Last Jedi which, uh, yes, as we all know, the man who single-handedly ruined Star ruined Wars, Star Wars and uh, created a was it George many Lucas? unlistable episodes of uh, many podcasts, including our own. I think me and Jack had a bit of a tiff on that one. So he's not here because he's in Los Angeles. He's not one of those people. He would see this movie, and he probably will, and will have his opinions at some point. I'm very curious to see what he hears. But uh, I'm a big fan of Ryan Johnson, so I was excited for this one. Uh, this is about a, uh, like I said, it's a kind of classic whodunit. It's doing like a, it in sort of the style of Clue and uh, really more going back to the older stuff. Your, your Agatha Christie's, your, uh, uh, I don't really know enough whodunit authors, I'll be honest. Uh, Sherlock Holmes has a lot of whodunits. Uh, sort of the original. You got your detective, you got your manor, you got your rich people screwing each other over kind of thing. Uh, so this is the synopsis. When renowned crime novelist Harlan Thromby is found dead at his estate just after his 85th birthday, the inquisitive and debonair detective Benoit Blanc is mysteriously enlisted to investigate. From Harlan's dysfunctional family to his devoted staff, Blanc sifts through a web of red herrings and self-serving lies to uncover the truth behind Harlan's untimely death. Uh, and you've got a big star-studded cast, Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Alan DeArmas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, Christopher Plummer, and Catherine Lanford, just to name a few. It has lots of twists, lots of turns. I'm very glad we have a spoiler-friendly podcast. Spoilers allowed, Cal, just so you they know. Are? Okay, good. And because this would be impossible to talk about without spoilers. Um, spoilers are what I'm here to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we must get into all the spoily, spoily, spoily stuff. So first, I'll hand over my, the spoily thoughts to Trevor. 
Trevor, what did you think of Knives Out? I really liked this. I had a lot of hype for this um, as just a classic mystery, uh, you know, kind of like you were saying. Um, had heard nothing about the uh, political undercurrents of the thing and was really pleasantly surprised by that. I am just joking when I say Ryan Johnson is the man who single-handedly ruined Star Wars. As we all know, that was actually George Lucas or well, whoever you want. Really, probably not wise <laughs> yeah. to create and ruined. For That's impressive. Ruining, or maybe just not say people ruin things in general. I don't know. Anyway, um, I, I really enjoyed this. Um, well, obviously more than The Last Jedi, but that's not like saying anything about me. Um, but um, yeah, I just seeing I, I get what people say about him bending genre and being good at it now watching this for sure. Um, I really appreciated just every detail of this down to the ridiculous uh, circle of daggers and uh, foreshadowed uh, prop knife in place of <laughs> a real knife that I actually managed to get and I like nice. it when a movie foreshadows something for me that I can pay attention to and actually remember and it pay off for. So, because I'm not usually great at these. Oh, I, I did I terrible. Like I had the wrong um, guess. Kel uh, can attest. I thought it was Meg by the yeah. end. Yeah. She's too uh, nice. Yeah, she was so nice. Too Usually nice. the really nice person, not the nicest person, like the second nicest yeah. person. That's like the bad guy. I thought it was often, so. Daniel Craig. Sweet Daniel Craig. I felt that going in. I was like, it's, oh, wait, no, not Daniel Craig. I, th- I thought it was going to be like Christopher Plummer at first. It's like, oh, there's going to be a so huge Who's unfair twist. The where, guy who died. Yeah. I thought it was going to be because You're he likes playing games with everybody that Here he faked it just to fuck with them. Yeah, he's going to walk in at the end of the room at the, at the final act. I'm kind of glad it didn't do that. Um, I wouldn't have objected if it did. But uh, I don't know. I, I thought it played pretty fair, though, overall, even though I left to go to the bathroom. I, I pretty well followed kind of all the twists and turns in this. Yeah, it's one thing I really appreciate about it. Um, there's a critic named H. Bomber guy who did a very good, um, very long video on uh, the show Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, his reasons he doesn't like that show very much. And he brings up a lot of interesting points about uh the fact that the show does a very bad job of doing a classic whodunit thing of giving you all the mysteries that you can figure out yourself. That show is much more Benedict Cumberbatch going, I figured it out. Here's my complicated answer with no information beforehand. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's this much does, more doing the savant thing. Yes, exactly. And this is doing a much better job of giving you those clues so that when you does reveal, even if you didn't figure it out, it feels very um, in. Uh, rewarding because this particularly the, the clue when the uh woman was dying she said you did this and it was you yeah, did, this. did this that is some classic <laughs> that was hilarious like who done it shit right there yeah that was like oh that's like that's like good writing right there that's what i thought yeah front and center like thinking about this the genre of this the fact that you know the butler kind of did it and the like can what like that Christie canon rule is like the servants can't ever be involved in the mystery and taking that and making yeah. it into a class warfare genre piece is uh, <laughs> something I support. I'm sensing I because I, I saw in the chat earlier, Ben, that like I was I was assuming we would agree on like both 
like levels of enthusiasm on, on this film, and I'm, I'm sensing I'm more positive it, on it than you. So I'm, I'm ready to hear your. Uh, your oh, I, I thought too. you would be more negative. I think um, maybe Kel might be the most negative here, but you like it. <laughs> to make I, you be the bad guy. It was good. It was okay. It's not my favorite film of the year, but. Well, then let's bring it to you. What was your issues with the film? I think I don't know. You said the politics like, I do, is a big part. Now that I, I like think about it, I do like the idea that like his actual death was a mistake. Like, like he could have survived. He was he being so extra. Listened. Yeah, if he <laughs> just like listened and was like, no, just just call the ambulance. Like it, everything would have been fine. I like that idea, but I don't know. There were like things that kind of put me off. Like in particular, I didn't like Daniel Craig's. I don't know why they gave him a southern accent, but that was like really distracting to me. I think that was a <laughs> Daniel Craig choice. <laughs> He's done this two so times weird. in a row now. Really? What else? There's a movie called Logan Lucky, which is a con man movie in the South. Yeah. And so it's a little more believable why he's southern, but <laughs> it's just as goofy. I think he'd have to have like a lot of makeup on and be like in a western or something or like really oh was it because he was so well dressed i think because he just looked like regular daniel craig he just looked like you know he walked off of a set from james bond and then started playing this role (laughs) i I don't know i just i just see him as such like an english british icon it's hard to like distance yourself it is it was like why? Why is this voice coming out of this man? <laughs> yeah, that I I can see the movie losing you really early if you can't buy the over the top Benoit Blanc yeah. Southern gentleman. I think, I yeah, and I think your approach ahead. matters just because like I never didn't see Daniel Craig, but I just enjoyed watching the human being Daniel Craig just having a fun time and yeah. being goofy. But if it takes you out of it, I get that. Yeah, and then. I don't think I was really wooed by the ending. Like, the ending was pretty good, because I was like, okay, well, how are they going to make this different? Because they just, like, spoiled what really happened in the middle of the movie. And they did change it, but I didn't think it was, like... I feel like they could have gone more over the top. I don't know. Well, I thought the structure was very interesting, because I've heard a lot of people say that I've never seen someone do that before, but actually every episode of Columbo begins that way. Which is really interesting. You see the whole murder with the killer, how they exactly did it, and then the kind of joys you watch Columbo try and figure it out and catch these people. Now those people are always bad, <laughs> and you want them to get caught. You yeah. want like they're bad, shitty people. And Columbo's also often very cholesterol fairy because he's like a frumpy, poor guy, and he's always going to rich manor houses and fucking over rich people and sending them to jail. So it actually had a lot of Columbo in that, but the interesting part was that you wanted to sympathize with the assumed killer the whole time. That was something I hadn't seen done before, which I thought was really interesting where it does stop becoming who dinner for a while and becomes more of like a thriller as she tries to hide the clues and everything and try to avoid. Yes. Yeah, it definitely did turn into kind of a different movie. Like you were, it wasn't really the point of view of the detective, whereas the point of view of her just trying to like be innocent <laughs> yeah he literally gets left in the car while things are happening <laughs> <laughs> he's a surprisingly bumbling detective in the end until the end yeah. i mean 
Yeah. So, so what's your, what's your, did you like the movie? Then? I liked it a lot. Um, and I think it is that class discussion stuff that I wasn't expecting that really kind of put it above just a fun genre exercise into something genuinely really interesting. And I love the ending. I think that's what kind of sells it for. It's probably even though it's lower of it, it's probably in my top ten somewhere of this year. My house, just, my coffee, my rules. My coffee, my rules. It's just a great. Oh, well, that even was funny. Even better is like her fingers are perfectly over my house and my, or or no, my coffee and my rules. So it just says mm-hmm. my house, and she's mm-hmm. sipping basically like tea. You know, like it's just yeah. kind of perfect. Yeah. <laughs> also, you know the the visual metaphor of them all looking up at her. Oh, yeah, that, that two for shot. Is great. Oh, so good. Um, I really liked all the performances in this. I was expecting to have like, I don't know, for some reason more from Jamie Lee Curtis than I did at some point, but Mm, she was still great. Tony Collette was great. Um, everybody was great. I thought, I don't know. Um, Chris Evans, one of my favorite takes from this has been hearing people talk about Chris Evans and how like Marvel has spent so much CG money on making him look like an ideal specimen or whatever. And then in this movie, he's just walking around in sweaters and it's like, so oh yeah, hot. I guess that's all they needed. Yeah. He's still attractive. He's just a douchebag in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's that horrible entitled gross, gross, but still attractive. Yeah. But still <laughs> extremely boy. attractive. Oh my goodness. Yeah. More comfy sweaters on Chris Evans, please. And Ana de Armas is someone I like, I loved her performance in uh blade runner 2049, probably yeah. more than anything else in that movie. And to see her just kind of weave different like stuff here, just, just great too. I thought, even though the throwing up, at the concept of lying gag was kind of dumb. It's kind of fit into the funness of this, I guess, a little yeah, bit. Like, it didn't bother me that much. It, it's, it's doing the whole heightened whodunit thing, which is like, what, like, who could possibly have, like, everyone is lying, even though they're innocent, except for Chris Evans, obviously. But, like, everyone's <laughs> lying, even though they're Evans innocent because they're, like, horrible people who want to hide the fact that they're, like, life is falling apart. And so the one person who has to lie the most physically can't. And so it makes it, you know, the stakes really high. Although I agree. It's like, you just have to buy into that (laughs) because it's so ridiculous. It can be easy to be like, what, how does that work? (laughs) Physiologically, you should go to a doctor or a therapist. Being good like does not have make to you lie to ourselves human. every day. How do you function? <laughs> exactly. She's just super innocent and truthful. And I guess that's why you, you kind of get to like her. Because right. she just wants to protect her mom and her family and everything. I have to also like that it opens with um, her sister watching like some oh, yeah. Law and Order parody show, which the voice Turn of that was. That uh, off. <laughs> Be sensitive to your sister. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, the voice on that is actually Joseph Gordon-Levitt <laughs> because they used to work together. They did the first two, the three movies together. I saw that too. The IMDb trivia, quote unquote, not the most reliable that I read. They said he's been somehow involved in like every movie that he's done or something. Yeah, he'll have. He's had cameos in this and the last one. And Noah Segan, his other friend, who plays the... uh, Am I forgetting something? Fanboy 
uh, officer is in every one of his movies as well. Noah Segan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of the performances, I... Yeah, those are the three probably best ones. But I also just love Don Johnson a lot in this movie. Who's having like a, a year to remind us. Yeah. Or even more a month to remind us how good he is. Because in Watchmen as well. In a very small scenes. But uh, effective. And kind of is like the major starting point of the whole show. And uh, here he's just so good at playing... Uh, the kind of perfect Trump racist asshole without being kind of over the top. Particularly, I just love the move where he's explaining like, they need to do here, do work, and he just hands her a plate. And the <laughs> running the joke plate. where they don't know what country she's from is so oh, yeah, that's on funny. point and so You're funny. You're from Uruguay, right? You're from, she's from Paraguay. It's just right? it's Paraguay, and they're like, Uruguay, yeah, it's the same thing. Rich people... Yeah, they do such a good job of, like, (laughs) taking down even the nice rich people, which I like. You know, they're like, we want to give you money and we want to help you out. And then as soon as she has all the money, they're like, that's our money. (laughs) You don't get any money. What are you doing? And she's like, I'll help you out. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Collette's doing a great Gwyneth Paltrow impression. Oh, yeah. What's it called? It's not goop, but it's (gasps) basically goop. She's like, my hair products and my lipsticks. And I own my own business, except I need money. Give me money, please. And my daughter needs money. It's my sassy gay voice. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the group. So um, what twists worked for you guys and which ones were just too much? Was there some? Or did it all kind of pan out in a way it was satisfying? I'd have to ask my mom, who's a nurse, if she could actually tell the difference between yeah. two vials of medicine. I was about to say it doesn't bother me. It didn't bother me enough to ask my girlfriend, who's a doctor who I saw the movie with. And it didn't bother her enough to bring it up with me, which she usually does with like medicine things. But I don't know. Maybe it was just the spirit of the thing. But that would be the one where I was like, the viscosity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sure. And I read some people like, online Subconsciously, that were like, she knew the viscosity was off, so she switched the vials on purpose. Yeah, sure. And the, and the movie even breaks its own rule because it sets up very clearly that morphine overdose kills you in 10 minutes and then he drugs Fran over 10 minutes. and it's way over 10 it's minutes for her. For 10 minutes. She they just dies just, conveniently. She just looked at the clock and be like, mm, you should have been dead by now. I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. That ambulance gets think. there pretty quick, guys. It's, I mean, I don't know. It's a cut. So it's yeah. Really yeah. He's explaining the whole thing. While she's no, it's not more his minutes. death. It's Fran's death. Because it seems like he gets there like an hour before she gets there. And morphine's up Fran. Oh, wait, wait, yeah. Oh, that Oh, yeah, one. you're right. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking yeah. of the guy. You're right. He does, though. No, they do establish that he gets there like a whole hour early. Yeah, that yeah. is weird. That's a good point. Yeah, there's just like little things like that that were like strange. Like just She's letting you know, Daniel Craig just letting her wander off and not make it like a point to follow her or whatever. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I know she said she's singing a thing, song. But, like, she was just in a car so. chase. Well, wasn't it at the end he was like, I knew. I knew you did it the whole time. I was just 
Like, I knew you were guilty the whole time. Yeah. I just wanted to see how this would all pan out kind of thing. Like, following yeah. her. But, yeah, it is weird that he gave so much, like, trust to her. And the whole car, yeah, the whole car chase is kind of weird. <laughs> it works because but, Keith Stanfield calls it that as the worst car chase ever. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to remember what the line yeah. was. Oh, this, he calls it the stupidest car chase I've ever seen. Which is another good class conscious thing where she's like in a crummy Hyundai that can only <laughs> where like, oh, I just realized this is a clever little bit where like Chris Evans is so used to nice cars. He can't understand mm-hmm. why it isn't going faster. Yeah. Because he's like, hit the pedal to the metal. And she's like, I am. Yeah. This is how <laughs> fast this shitty car goes. Which, sorry, Hyundai. Hyundai. I uh, is that product placement? They rag on your car the whole time. Was it actually a Hyundai? She calls it a she Honda. Calls it a Hyundai? Wow. Yeah, she doesn't be like my. It's the opposite. Schmunday. The opposite of product placement. I think some product yeah, I was placement. Just watching Home like, Alone, it's kind of like the same question. There is like the bad guys drive a Dodge, and you can really see the Dodge label when it almost hits Kevin McAllister in the face. Is that good product placement or bad product placement? <laughs> Dodge fans, they almost oh killed Macaulay Culkin. How did he... Now, on the other end, I haven't seen a Dodge van in a long time. So, How did Chris Evans know that nobody was going to be in the lab? Like, he just set it on fire. I think he set it on fire. I guess it doesn't, he didn't really care, would he? I don't know. He murdered someone later. That's true. Like, clearly. But I thought it was on purpose, like, purposely. Doesn't want to get more into trouble or something. I don't know. I think he just went at night and... Hope that they would just run away if there was anyone inside. Yeah. Yeah, I ultimately enjoyed the uh, reveal. And I like that even if they kind of, I guess my one complaint is that they make, um, I have to remember her name actually. I think it's Maria? Marta. They make Marta's character so noble that even by the end it's like, not only that, you didn't even accidentally kill him. <laughs> like, yeah. you're so good. <laughs> Yeah. That's the other reason that twist is like, oh, okay, so now we can really sympathize her, even though we've been on her side this whole time, yeah. just because... Or, like, we would have felt bad if she did it on accident, because it's understandable. Yeah. But then also, I get they did that switch, because then he wouldn't have killed himself. Because that was, like, a whole thing, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If she had just done it on purpose, she would have been like, oh, oh my god. This is one I definitely want to watch again. I mean, I did. Other than the fact that I missed like four minutes of it to go pee, I um, I I, I don't know. I think I think I want to watch it again. I don't know if I'd like. I, I wouldn't buy it or anything necessarily, but I definitely want to see it again for the mystery aspect of it too. I, I I'm kind of wrestling with this, like just the fact that like you and Jack were saying back when you did Murder on the Orient Express, which I eventually watched after reading the book. Just that we don't get movies like this anymore, and I guess I can thank Orient Express and um, uh, so. Brennau for maybe paving the way for this. The rails, as it were, I guess. I don't know. I like this so much more than Orient Express, though. This same, is where I'm going same. From, I, I was more positive on that film than Jack was, but uh, looking back, that is a very dour film in comparison with this. Which is a very fun and light, and that was the thing you said, Cal, was that you were surprised how much funnier it was than you were expecting. 
Yeah. Particularly since they have the worst joke in the trailer, the CSI KFC joke. Yeah. Oh, God. I hate it. I think that was one of the... Oh, yeah. That is the worst joke. I think that was one of the reasons why I was like, I don't want to see this movie. I hate that joke. I was like, oh, it was such a turnoff. I was like, how do how does anybody think that's remotely funny? <laughs> I was just like, no. As much it as I like Ryan Johnson, makes- he will stick with jokes that are not great. And and honestly, <laughs> in the trailer, I didn't really hear Daniel Craig's like accent for some reason. It didn't like register. So I didn't know that joke was making fun of that. I thought that was making fun of like the black officer oh, next to him. Whoa. And that's why I was like That would play differently. I hate that. Yeah, that's why I was like, that's bad. So that's why I thought, you know, that's why I was like, no, I don't want to see surprised this. you still made it to the movie. Yeah, that's, I was like, uh, meh, Ben wants to see it. I'm gonna see it with him. Oh, that's that's good. We got uh, that's the love when you can convince somebody to see a movie. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, the tickets were cheap. Uh, yeah. Um, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, that is the worst joke in the movie. It, it also makes you think, if you were just watching, seeing that trailer and that joke, that this was going to be much more cynical, like, ah, we know it's a mystery. Yeah. Everybody's seen mysteries before kind of joke thing. But that's like one of two. Like, I mean, it is, it's, 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 Elevating the genre, I think, more than it's like spoofing the genre. Yeah, like it will be self-aware of what it's trying to do. Like, for example, he one point goes like, "This is a living clue board or whatever," because there's like fake windows and stuff. So it is mocking that it's from in a modern sense, but like it understands that you're gonna want some of those jokes, but it's not like full on Deadpool where it's just like this dumb the entire time, and it just gets kind of like tiring. (laughs) It's weird because I can now like picture it as like one of those point and click adventures. Yes, through the house very easily. Point and click PC ROM games loved. Yeah, adventure that. or an, and mystery. Because a whodunit is a point and click adventure movie. Those ones. Yeah, absolutely. Because you just go into rooms and you're like clue. Yeah, and then you like and then you can see like interviewing the people yeah. and having those really old FMVs. Oh, that'd be and great. And then saying and you. Just like a really yeah. bad local theater actor who's in front of a green screen like, well, I don't know who killed Harlan. <laughs> and one Southern for uh, some my reason. My favorite's the Third Rock from the Sun episode where they go to a dinner theater in, a, in like a house and they're aliens so they think someone's actually murdered the whole time. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, is Trax entirely ripped off from Third Rock from the Sun? This Rats. is my new TED Talk. All right, that's it. Um, <laughs> do you guys want to see no, more of this? Because Ryan Johnson says he would do another Benoit Blanc movie. Maybe. I don't know. Because you weren't that big on Craig. He would be the yeah, returning but factor. I mean, the, the mystery whole thing was kind of interesting. And it was entertaining. It wasn't boring or anything. So if you kept that same. I think saying. I might learn to love. What's his name again? Craig. No, what's his what's oh, his Benoit name? Blanc. I keep thinking it's white. It's something white. <laughs> Blanc. You have Sounds to say like it a that dish. Way. It's like a French Benoit dish. Blanc. Yes, pour me the Blinois Blanc. <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> that sounds like a wine. Yeah. I also would not be shocked if some point Netflix makes a whodunit show. I'm kind of surprised they haven't. 
I don't think they have any kind of police procedural shows, which is they very strange Sher- to me. Well, they didn't make Sherlock, but they didn't have Sherlock. No, I mean they may have it on there. I mean produce, because it seems like such a like like a Columbo style show where like you just make one every once in a while. Because Columbo's were there like, there must be some forgettable one out of all the content that they have somewhere in their back catalog. That's true. There's they have so much some... crap. It might be in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm honestly glad actually this movie wasn't like. A reskin or remake of the whole Sherlock Holmes and yes, and Watson. I'm so tired of that. Uh, that's honestly. something that yeah, Ryan no, much more does. Borrow and Agatha Christie. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Johnson does that very well. Where I can see a lot of comparisons to Quentin Tarantino, but often Tarantino just feels like he's like, I'm just taking this and all, putting it into one movie, and he kind of, I feel like, analyzes something and just kind of. Okay, what are time travel movies, and what are these about, and what's something to do that's different about it? Um, and I think that's why I liked Star Wars. A lot of people don't because they kind of just wanted to watch a Star Wars movie, not an essay about Star Wars movies. The last year, I kind of was. Um, and I think this is probably this or Brick might be his best film, in my opinion. Because I think he really understands the genre and he has an element that they often don't touch on, at least not on purpose, which is class. Like they're all often about class because people like the rich people trying to murder each other and the big fancy drapes and everything. And I kind of like that he's attacking nouveau American wealthy and the and that great joke the Democrats right but ultimately political. It was so weird well what I liked about I it politically it. was that the Democrats and the Republicans turn on the maid when wealth is at stake that's right it's so like it's a very millennial take it's which like, is that wealth is the ultimate problem can I say it's weird that they brought up so much political stuff and it's like a family fighting and it comes out right at Thanksgiving and it's like, that yeah, take, take your grandma and your grandpa. And, you know, <laughs> you can talk about all the political undertones later. Which I guess kind of works because like the Trump people are just gonna be like, yeah, I made fun of SJWs and everything. And then the us are like, they made fun of the Trump people. And it's kind of the immigrants fun. just won. Money. They, <laughs> no, they won. No, yeah, they just. They're there. They they took it all. That's a which good is point. Great. I, uh, <laughs> I'm not complaining. Yeah, I listened to probably one of the same NPR things that y'all did a little bit of, like uh, saying, "Oh yeah, it's the perfect movie to go with your family too over the holidays." <laughs> like that's a good point. I wonder because I really wanted to go with my family to this, and I I wish I had. I, it didn't work out that I had time, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of wonder which one of those things would have won out because it is very much my house in the end, but like. There are also uh, little jibes on a, on on both sides uh, there in the middle. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just more than anything impressed that I went going to see a genre movie and had this class warfare political underpinning to it the whole time that I was not expecting at all and not was not I, I wasn't annoyed by it. I I was like whenever they're talking in the in the lounge and they're like. They're they're doing something with the dialogue that I I actually kind of appreciate where they get as close to saying the word Trump as they can without saying it. Yeah, it, it, it just it worked for me. It, it's it's kind of awkward when it comes, but it doesn't come out of nowhere. 
you know, if you're paying attention, it's kind of there from the beginning with um, kind of the relationship between Plummer and Armas's character. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, also, I'm just really curious now where Chris Evans is going to go now that he's done with Captain America because I think it's really telling that, like, the first big movie he does after Captain America... Spoiler for the biggest movie ever released ever uh, dies or gets old enough that he won't be in the movie. Probably because he goes back, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so it's, time. it's interesting that the first one he does is like the face of white fear of being replaced <laughs> by like brown people yeah. and young people and says this great it's line where he role, says like though. oh no it's just a role but i think he is playing with his image as like the goody two-shoes he american does, boy he does a good job though i never once great. was like well like i think it took me a little while that i was like wait that's the guy who plays captain america right like yeah, yeah like whoa like, that was like my job. first reaction <laughs> to the trailer was like oh in this movie you get to see chris evans swear <laughs> that was my <laughs> It was like, they definitely put that in there. Oh, yeah, I think and that. that was a big part of it. And we had another gay couple in our theater who I think were probably there for Chris Evans. Oh, we did. Yeah, yeah. we did. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. So I think he's it is predicated that. Oh, yeah. even, even when he's like just a freaking jerk. I'm going to get you, you a big sweater like him, that. But you're also like, go on a date with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, he's very much going back to his, like, I've only seen him in one other thing besides these two. That's Scott Pilgrim, and he's very much doing that oh, again. yeah. A little bit. No, yeah, he is. Yeah. It's that big jerk. Well, it's really big interesting because is. for a while, Chris Evans played, like, hotheads and, like, the hot, smarmy dick. Like literally a, the Human Torch literally in human Fantastic Four, <laughs> oh, yeah. and then he did Captain America, which is kind of surprising for him because it's like more stoic and it's more true, he looks true like to Captain heart. America. And yes. you want it, you're like he wants to be a soldier, but he's too weak. Oh he's no! Too little. But you gotta he's gonna fill out his dream <laughs> and save the world. <laughs> oh, I have seen him in something else. The Perfect Score. The SAT heist movie? I oh, watched what? that. God. He was that guy. That was uncomfortable. Oh that, that sounds awful. I want to watch it. It, it watch I mean, that. looking back on it from today, it was. <laughs> I thought it was like cute or whatever at the time, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely should not have brought awful. that movie up. <laughs> forget, forget <laughs> I said Not seen that. Didn't rent it. Also, just shout out to Frank Oz, the uh, director of Little Shop of Horrors and Miss Piggy and legendary Muppet Man, Frizz, Frank Oz, who was the lawyer in this movie. Thank you. Yes. Oh. I was like, Frank Oz is in this movie. That's, yeah. He was really that funny. Yeah. Just exasperated that they just keep trying to figure out a way to get out of this will. That will scene was really predictable, though. It was like, oh, you know oh it's got to be the maid. It's got, you got to make some kind of giant conflict yeah, between her and the family. It's it's good, but it was so predictable. I would say that's probably the most predictable thing. In the yeah, movie. probably. Right, yeah, for a mystery wanna... movie there, the genre is like, is definitely signposting throughout this. I guess depends on like what you think a good mystery is like what you want. Cause there's plenty of signposting like that for sure. Oh, yeah. sure. And I, I'm sure Katie and um, 
my ex Alyssa would probably be very good. Like people watch a lot of those mystery shows and get very good at the style. I'm sure they can guess the mm-hmm. twist pretty well. I'm almost my certain Katie will be it. able to. My mom likes those old, those old black and white mystery mystery. I kind of want to watch some of those. They look comfy. Yeah. Like just on TCM, and you just get like a mug of cocoa. And you just watch a Sherlock Holmes for like an hour and ten minutes, and you're just like, "Man, what's yeah. that guy?" And like, good. <laughs> and then it goes. Burr, 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 the end, it's great. My version of that this holiday was watching crappy Hallmark movies with my mom and uh, oh, predicting which which guy it's going to be by the end. Uh, <laughs> I guess they just want Netflix to make comfy things for mystery fans. They make it for they're doing Hallmark movies now, essentially. You know, your Christmas Princess and your Christmas Prince two two Christmas two Prince. Are they gonna make some they make some gay Christmas movies? For Hallmark right now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like kind of surprised and kind of interested, but I'm also like worried. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very worried. But there's like a, a lot of white surprise me. A lot of white Susans that watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, well, I guess the first one has the Salt Ellen Degeneres. That's like the gay they accept. Oh. This white Susans. Like that'll be yeah. the first one. Don't mess up yeah. my Hallmark channel. I'm calling <laughs> the government. No, I'm not calling the government. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling to complain. There's gays in my Hallmark. <laughs> I only have Hallmark channels with straight people. With straight white people. And only one with gay people. (laughs) Alright, you guys ready to score this thing? Wait, there's like one other joke I want to add that's been bothering me that I don't understand why it was funny. And I think you didn't understand. Was the, the Nazi kid, they were all like like, oh, he was in the bathroom deer? and he was like, yeah, what was that? He's masturbating to dead deer. I didn't get that. Was that like a reference <laughs> to something? <laughs> I didn't get the specifics of that I was either, like, honestly. It's like a what? hunting thing. Yeah, like, I didn't I didn't understand that. I just wanted to bring that up last point. Right, right. To go with the other. My best guess is that Ryan Johnson was going to make it furry porn. And then he was like, too obvious. <laughs> That's my best guess. That's all I got. <laughs> That's so Weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't also, know. you know, unless that was like a weird like, yeah. alt right Twitter yeah, thing I, that I, I missed. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an alt rightist person. Yeah. I don't know that. Crowd. Unless they covered in reply all, I don't know what that is. I don't know. I also thought it might have been him too, because I was like, oh, Nazi kid. He's up to something. <laughs> I don't know. He's quiet over there on his phone. <laughs> Come watch over him. Yeah. All right. Now that'd be that'd be giving the troll too much attention. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Then it would be like you'd really have an argument with your family or something. Yeah, know. and then everyone would just be yeah. like, it's a big controversial. Yeah, legitimizing legitimizing the troll. Yeah, he's, Are, the whole point is he's just a dumb kid in the book corner. Never just like ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Are we rating out of ten? Yeah. Okay. And you can do point five as well. Sometimes. We can't say. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think we uh, accept point fives. No point two fives, though. It's been there, done that. Yeah. I guess I'll go first. Um. Yeah, I really enjoyed this film a lot. Uh, it just does the the, the classic whodunit thing. All the characters are really fun. 
they're really well fleshed out. Um, it just is a breezy. Uh, I think it's almost two hours. Let's see what it is. Uh, actually, over two hours, which is kind of shocking. Yeah, it's, it feels. I wouldn't say it's breezy. It is. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you feel you felt the time a little more. I I felt it. Yeah. I mean, I you know I had to go pee in the middle, so that's my fault. But. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like it doesn't necessarily drag, but it doesn't, you know, it, it takes time. Um, yeah, I think a part of it is that, that chase element. Um, there is that kind of odd little bit where you're just following Marta, trying to hide clues and make the investigation harder for everybody, which I liked. I thought it was clever to do that. I thought it is interesting that we get, you know, this, this reveal 30 minutes in, do the kind of Columbo thing, but in a, in a way where you actually want the, the person to succeed, um, you know, it, it, he does a good job of making Marta believable and you want to, her to actually succeed. And I really appreciated that. All the characters are just terrible garbage people who are very fun to watch. You know, this is my kind of, uh, I, I imagine the same kind of thrill people get from reality TV, just watching garbage people be garbage people to each other. It's kind of fun. Uh, even though you don't want poor Marta to get involved, but, uh, and, and knowing, like I just recently watched a movie called Melvin and Howard, which is about a guy who uh, probably, but claims to have found Howard Hughes's will, where he gave him like most of his money, and he has never, he never won, he never got any of that money because they were like, "There's no fucking way." I was like, "She would be tied up with lawyers for decades." <laughs> There's no way they would let her money go. But anyways, real world, kidding out of this movie. Um, it's, uh, but it's the political element that goes, it makes it from like a seven point five to an eight point five, which is what I'm going to give. It just did have more of an interesting spine to it, particularly that final shot. I thought was really interesting. I think making it kind of a class struggle movie um, added something interesting to it. I mean, this is the year of class struggle movies, as film critics will tell you. Parasites and your, uh, uh, I think there was another big one that they often reference, but Parasite for sure. Um, and it's uh, more fun and breezy than Parasite. The Parasite is actually shockingly fun at times, um, as dark as it can get. Uh, it did move a lot faster for me. I didn't really feel the time. I, I usually go to the bathroom. I didn't actually manage to, so that helped a lot, I think. I just was very engaged. and didn't really want to move and just kind of had a good time. Um, and, yeah, I would like to see more Benoit Blanc. Um, but I also want to see Ryan Johnson do different things. So I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, ultimately he'll do whatever he does and I'll be down to see whatever he does next. I think he's an interesting, unique voice and I'm glad this movie's doing well. It's always just good in general when a, a smart, uh, original movie does well at the box office. It's not, you know, uh, an adaptation or a big name or, you know, like a franchise or anything like that. So 8.5, uh, Trevor, what are you going to give it? Uh, yeah, I, um, hmm. I think I'm at a 7.5. I, um, I liked it a lot as well. I, I don't know that it, again, I don't know that it drags per se, but I think what you're saying about like maybe the chase scene and some of that stuff, it does, it does start to feel as long as it is. Um, but I, I still like it a lot. Um, I have nothing really other than that, but positive things to say about it. Um, you know, uh, it, could definitely be too hammy if that's not what you're expecting or prepared for. But I went into it fully expecting that and was surprised by the political part of it and ended up really liking that too. And I, I don't know, maybe the fact, 
the fact that I actually managed to pay attention enough to see like the false dagger thing coming really like cinched it for me. I I, I should probably just call it an eight. I'll call it an eight. I'll yeah. Call it an eight. yeah. Yeah. Let's call it eight. Let's do it. Uh, also, I just want to point out that like this has been the decade for Christopher Plummer being like the rich dad involved in a mystery because he was also in the girl with the dragon tattoo it's like if you need rich yeah like oh and then uh, all the money in the world yeah Yeah. so like it's like i knew there was something thank you for yeah yeah so he says this weird trilogy of being very rich douchey dad (laughs) if you need a rich douchey old man you're christopher Plummer, who's a very lovely man in real life and i broke Kel by telling him he was in Sound of Music. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That made me really happy. I was like, he looks nothing like he did. Back no, then. he was handsome. He, he still is a little handsome, but yeah, really handsome. Sound of Music. All right, your turn. You guys aren't gonna like it, but just do it. I'm gonna give it. It's okay. A six point five. <laughs> just because I don't know, I wasn't really blown away. I thought the. It had some good twists, but it just didn't really blow me away. And then Daniel Craig just really distracted me most of the time. I feel like I would have given it a bigger score if, if they just like if they just made him British or I don't know. Maybe push pushed the envelope a little more with the whole I'm southern. I'll go crazy <laughs> southern. southern. Maybe. Maybe like self aware mm-hmm. Southern. It was just know, distracting me in the middle. Yeah, I don't know. It was just like, because he, they didn't really change his appearance that much. It just looked like, you know, he's in a fancy suit. It's, it's Daniel Craig. He's got a southern accent. Here you go. Would it, <laughs> would it have done it for you if they gave him like a, maybe a bolo tie? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, Colonel help. Sanders. Maybe. No, not that much. <laughs> but maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe a cowboy hat. I don't, yeah. <laughs> everyone looks great in the cowboy hat. Just get everyone. We went to a toy store in Austin that sells tiny cowboy hats that you put on your toys. Instantly make any toy, any stuff. I still regret there. not getting a whole bunch of those and just yeah. putting them on everything that I own. I have a basically. Kirby plushie in my car that is a cowboy hat on yeah. it. And it is choice. <laughs> Well, Kirby can wear any hat. This is I true. Mean, it it, would it looks like Kirby sucked up like Woody the Cowboy. <laughs> yeah, John Wayne. I would John instantly Wayne. give this movie a 10 out of 10 if everyone had a cowboy hat. Fair enough. <laughs> but, it, I mean, it was still fun. I don't know if it's one of those movies that I'm going to watch again because I know the ending. That's the thing about mystery movies is, like, they're interesting to watch, but you have to put a lot of like detail into them so you can rewatch them and go like, oh, that happened and that happened. But with this one, I don't, I don't really know if I'm going to watch it knowing the ending. Right. I understand. Yeah. But it was okay. All right. <laughs> so that averages us out to 7.6. So I'll round down to 7.5. So that's what the movie game podcast gives nights out. That's I agree. Yeah, I concur. I feel yeah. very good about this. Yeah. I think a little lower than uh, some of the critical consensus, but I think people were also just excited to see this kind of movie again, too. So it could be just a hype of like, yeah, because I felt that with La La Land, which is like got a little overhyped because like, 
We don't get many big Hollywood musicals. Do you think this one will show up in the in the Oscars? It's a good question. A screenplay for sure. They like that kind of big, twisty, wild screenplay. I still think Tarantino is going to sweep a lot of that stuff. For, oh, Once Once Upon a Time time. in Hollywood. Oh, because they love Hollywood stuff. I mean, the two two of the biggest ones are like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which are like, I mean, best, when I say biggest ones, I mean uh, best picture contenders. There's like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which is like, look at Hollywood. The majesty of 1960s Hollywood. <laughs> they love that. They drink it up. Oh, yeah. And then the second one is Marriage Story, which is like an intimate marriage drama. But it's about an actor and a director. Of like, in theater. Oh, I like, didn't know that was the twist there. Yeah, they're, they're like an actor and a director. And it's like, oh, boy. They sing Sondheim <laughs> music. Like, mm. I'm sure it's a great that's movie. Like, I need to see it. But yeah, I like Noah Baumbach a lot. It's called Marriage Story. Oh, Marriage Story. Yeah, so Hollywood's a little predictable now. <laughs> yeah, they're probably not going to have the lighthouse or Midsummer. Or, no, or Parasite. They might have. Um, I for re- foreign film, they might have Parasite. I still need to watch. Parasite that. is a very people think Parasite may become one of the rare uh, foreign films to be actually nominated for Best Picture because it's a big yeah. hit over here. It made like twenty million in really? America, which is very rare. I missed it. It yeah, barely it's not plays. Chilling, right? Yeah, that's I sucks. Need to see it. I don't know it's if it's like on Amazon yet. Really playing. Yeah. Long. It played for like, what, like two weeks? In in Houston? Not very long. No. Well, I played a little bit. I still need to watch it. It's good. Spooky. It's good. It's scary. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for Movie Game Podcast this week. Um, I've been Ben Hollis. Trevor? I've been Trevor Flynn. Is Cal Freilich? I think it's how we end. I don't remember. Yeah, it's close enough. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember either. Uh, be sure to check us out on touchingshed.com for all of our various podcasts. We have uh, Feast for Bros if you want to hear us drudge through the final season of Game of Thrones. And then eventually they'll make another show. Word has it that there's another show on the horizon. Uh-oh. Yes. It starts all over again. <laughs> Content never dies anymore. <laughs> now that Lit Knives Out has made money, get ready for the Knives Out uh, theme park ride, and the Knives Out uh, TV point show, and, click and the Point and Click Adventure game. I actually might buy that. I'd oh, rather it be a video game than a movie. VR, man. Kel's final review Knives Out should have been a video game. <laughs> it should have been. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> we also have uh, Animania. What did you uh, recently talk about on Animania, Trevor? I'm trying to remember because it was a little while ago. Uh, anime. We talked about <gasps> anime. Yeah, we always talk about anime. I don't watch anime anymore, though. <laughs> I want to be on that podcast. Can you watch my anime? Did you guys ever talk about... Um... Did you talk about JoJo? This guy over here likes oh, JoJo. Oh, JoJo is like so... I, I We don't generally talk uh, that much about long-running shonen kind of stuff like there's so many seasons of yeah. jojo that for yeah, anybody to just pile onto it but I, we we almost have is many it, many a time i don't think we've actually ever talked about it but we, about we almost movies? have like, anim- anim- or like the one of shonen yeah i'm not shonen what's it called jojo the girl one you ever talk about free your favorite the one about the swimming boys <laughs> 
Oh yeah, free. Jack Wait, this free. podcast is gonna come out. And it's gonna make me think I'm so boy hungry. About all these hot guys. Do we make you too thirsty in this episode? We'll tone it down. <laughs> there's a there's a gay film critic I like who's really funny, and he does a lot of like jokes about that stuff. And then at one point, he's like, "Do people think I'm just like the biggest horn dog in the world?" <laughs> I like other anime. I like Full Metal Alchemist. It's part of being a good critic. Like classic anime. The, the, the guy to, to watch this season is is is, uh, is gun gun coon gun gun face coon. That's gun just face the, coon? That's, that's the <laughs> that's sounds, the guy to watch. Your mom's a sheep. <laughs> Man with a face for a gun. Man with a. I mean a gun. I mean a gun for a face. What it's called? <laughs> no, it's actually literally called No Guns Life, which wow. makes no sense because there are lots of guns. Some of those no Japanese titles I don't yet understand. It's Maybe because like I haven't read the manga. Because I'm basic. But, uh, yeah. That's my favorite show this season. <laughs> well, you can check out Animania and all of our other great shows at TuscanShed.com. And now we got to start talking about Oscar movies, I think. I got to start talking about Marriage Story. Probably throw a Parasite in there. Uh, Irishman, go watch that. What? The Irishman, Irishman. go watch that. Oh. Playmobil the movie. Uncut Gems. Cats. The Playmobil movie. The Playmobil movie? Yeah. Yeah. What's that? The Uncut Gems is the other Uncut one. Uncut Gems. Yeah. See Dirty dirty Adam Sandler. Didn't, what was the thing that you told me the other day? That if he doesn't win an Oscar, he's just going to make really He threatened that he's going to make movies? his worst movie on purpose. I say do it. Don't give him an Oscar. Who? I want to see it. Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. He oh. said he's going to make his worst movie yeah. possible. Did he direct Uncut Gems? Mm. No, it's the like, Safety Brothers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Feel like that's uh, calling his shot a little late. Uh, yeah, me, me, Jack and How Jill. much? How much worse can you get than? Yeah, that was the one I was thinking. Of. Yeah, he just not that I've seen it. To the room. I haven't seen it. Tommy was so he does a collaboration. See, if Adam Sandler tried, see the problem is he makes his best movies when he doesn't try. His worst movies, mm-hmm. I mean. So if he tries, it'll probably be like the producers, where it's actually secretly a brilliant uh, masterpiece he makes on accident. Like it's a cult classic yeah thing. exactly because it's so bad it's good yeah he'll he'll transcend yeah he needs like to birdemic like ultimate p lazy sad sandler's pixels i don't know if you've seen oh, pixels no, but it is literally just I him see. in front of green screens like kill me i want to die <laughs> what this is my career now <laughs> with like fucking pac-man CGI behind him. That trailer was in front of so many things. I tried not to see it so many times. I mean, the trailer. I haven't seen the movie. No, no I saw the trailer 50,000 times. It doesn't exist. It's just a trailer. Yeah. It's not real. It can't be real. I can't accept that it's real. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's the dramatic question of that film. Yeah. All right. We're way off top. Yeah. Beyond the topic. So let's get out of here. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Come back. We got lots of stuff coming out to talk about. It's the busiest time of the year. You got Christmas. You got time to listen to podcasts. So we'll see you next week.